goal of Data Transformers podcast is to accelerate digital transformation by bridging the gap between business outcomes and rapidly advancing technologies. And we aim to bridge this gap by focusing on data. I am Peggy Sai, top 50 women in tech influencer, co-author of the AI book and data governance expert. I'm Ramesh Danta, an entrepreneur, a tech blogger, and AI enthusiast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Data Transformers. I'm so pleased to have with us today Althea Davis. Um, Althea, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for having me. Really, really happy to speak to both of you today. Welcome, Althea. Thank you. So Althea, I think you're one of the very few people I know that have such a wide um, breadth of experience in the chief data office, office space. Um, but before we begin with that, I thought, um, you know, I want to share with everybody the fact that you're actually not in uh, one of the many countries that we speak to. You are actually in the UAE, um, United Arab Emirates, um, and performing a, you know, a rather unique uh, role in um, the, the data space there. So I thought we could start with um, uh, sharing with sharing uh, with everyone what you do and uh, kind of your role in, in transforming data. Okay, great. So indeed, I am here uh, in the United Arab Emirates. I'm in the capital, uh, Abu Dhabi. And um, actually, I'm coming up to my first year anniversary. So it's really oh. new. I'm a newbie down here in the Middle East. Um, but I must say, despite the COVID <laughs> experience, um, I'm not complaining. I've, I've always said through the whole thing, even as difficult as it might have seemed this past year, I think this will be one of this is one of the best places in the world to be in this type of pandemic crisis. And also, I do think that the government and the, the citizens, society here, people are incredibly cooperative. And it just made it that much easier to be here away from home, but feeling at home. So I just wanted to say that. Um, and moving over to you know, what I'm doing here, um, I am now the uh, director of data, the data practice, data and analytic practice, um, and also the CDO advisory services for a company called NXN that is based, headquartered in Dubai. Um, and Dubai, of course, I don't think I have to give anybody an introduction to Dubai. It's like the twin city <laughs> in, uh, in the UAE. Um, so we have our offices there, but we um, operate across the GCC and we're a digital native company which specializes in smart city, uh, smart, uh, smart um, uh, district and e-governments. Um, and um, I was asked to come in and uh, you know, rejuvenate the data practice and turn it into a data business and really um, get some really sophisticated data work done for our smart offerings and our e-government offerings. But we also work on tele telcos and healthcare and some other uh, verticals. So I have a team of people that are diver as diverse of working on data governance and compliance, but also working on data science, data engineering, you know, metadata management, data quality, everything data. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I love my team and um, we've got uh, some really interesting, uh, you know, different types of opportunities and different types of clients that we, we deal with. Hmm. So welcome Althea. So based on that, uh, at least from my experience, in some of these emerging countries, the governments have an outsized influence in the transformative efforts uh, compared to let's say Western countries where the, the organizations and companies are going through a massive digital transformation. In turn, they transform the, the society. But in emerging countries, the governments take the lead in uh, the, the digital transformations as opposed to one or two you know, corporations. So given uh, my understanding about that, uh, what kinds of a digital transformation efforts the governments are, uh, are spearheading in, in the areas that you're in? Right. So indeed. So here um, I'll start talking about the UAE and just give a couple of more examples of other GCC uh, countries. So these are, you know, Althea, sorry for interrupting. GCC stands for what? Gulf countries? So I think it's Gulf. Um, that's a good one. I okay. think it's Gulf community or uh, Gulf. I'm not really sure. Gulf but around the Gulf, right? Essentially, you're talking about the Gulf. It's the Gulf. Okay, yeah, it's the Gulf. Okay. So it's uh, it's the UAE, so United Arab Emirates. Mm -hmm. It's Bahrain, the Kingdom of Bahrain, very small country. Um, it's the Kingdom of Saudi Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's Kuwait. You know, it's Oman, which is attached uh, uh, to uh, UAE. It's okay. uh, several countries. Yeah. Um, so if I if I look at the influence, as you were, you know, explaining the influence of the governments uh, in these countries, indeed, it's a huge influence. Um, I would even expand that out to even, let's say, into North Africa, because we also have some clients in, you know, different parts of North Africa, and it's the same. So their, their influence, and I will talk specifically about the UAE, the UAE is made up of several different emirates. So think of provinces or, you know, territories, and every emirate has its own sheikh you know, ruler, leader. Um, these, these sheikhs, they have, um, you know, very large for fortunes and um, they are the ones that are, you know, influencing what the government does. And, you know, they are the leader of the, those emirates. And then of course the, the federated emirates, right? So all of it. So Abu Dhabi is the capital of all of, all of the emirates. Um, but every single emirate has its own capital, just like New York being the you know city uh, for the head of New York State. So it's a, it's a similar thing. Um, and in this situation, they do have a lot of influence. They do have a lot of cash investment, and they have a lot of directional vision and mission that they want to execute. So it's very much driven from the top down. And these are people, I admire them, they have very grand plans and they do get a lot done. So, you know, some of the most, um, I wouldn't say outrageous, but amazing projects in the world are being carried out in the GCC and specifically the UAE. Mm -hmm. um, the UAE also has, for example, example, um, some ministers of AI. I mean, this is not something that you find in many countries. Um, but the point is, is that they're very organized and they're very committed. So it is really putting your money where your mouth is mm -hmm. and creating multiple either PPPs, you know, um, you know, uh, partnerships with the government, with private uh, organizations as well, and, um, and nonprofits. 
and, and doing really amazing projects. So, you know, um, i just give you from a personal note, um, you're in the States. Uh, I think most people have heard of SeaWorld in the States, <laughs> um, in, in Florida. They're building here in Abu Dhabi, one of the most amazing SeaWorlds ever. Mm. So they've, they've not just taken the concept of SeaWorld, they've taken the concept of SeaWorld and put it in the modern time where people are concerned about the environment and animals and, you know, the whole concept of that SeaWorld is totally different than the original, um, you know, SeaWorld concept. So bringing it to another level. So that's what I mean. The, pl the plans are grand and um, the buildings are grand and, um, and it, it, it pulls in experts from all over the world. So, I mean, uh, my expertise is obviously data, mm -hmm. but it will pull in all sorts of great thinkers and capable people from all over the world to get these grand things done. So I, I just, that's the essence of what happens here on a regular basis. Althea, that sounds, you know, so innovative um, and cutting edge. And I know um, you also mentioned, um, you know, areas of, you know, telemedicine as one example. Um, you know, can you talk about some, some other areas that where, you know, data is, is not typically seen as a transformational piece, but it certainly is leading the way um, in, in, in a lot of these, um, you know, services and offerings. Right. So, so um, here's, I'm, I'm thinking about, well, the telemedicine one, I mean, this is a big, big topic. So more recently, can't say the name of the company, a life science company, they engaged us about some things that they were trying to get at. Um, in the region, you might not know this, in the region, there's a big, let's say health, health, let's say challenge mm -hmm. related to diabetes. Why? It's simply because of the diet, the local diet. Mm. If you know anything about, at least I can only speak about the UAE because I personally experienced it. If you know anything about the UAE, it's quite common for people to eat extremely sweet, you know, sweets. It's extremely sweet. Um, and there's just a lot of sweets around from their native cultural, you know, cuisine. Um, plus, all the Western stuff on top of it, which, you know, the combination is probably not the best. But my point is that has um, trickled into the healthcare system. So there is a need to have, you know, a challenge, a social challenge to have great research, great care, great monitoring, you know, great predictive models for everything diabetes. Right. So so I'm just giving that as an example, but there are many other diseases and things. I mean, think about COVID as well. So um, I'm just I just wanted to give the diabetes one as an example that we are speaking to them um, about, for example, people in my department who are specialized on predictive models, but also even even things that you think it's mundane, like just getting access to data. Mm. I don't mean only PII and, you know, making it, um, you know, um, unreadable or whatever. I do mean curating a lot of variety of data to make that contexting so that they get much more out of the back end of those models, predictive models, or just a model to give, you know, uh, help you to cluster or to match. 
you know, there are many different types of algorithms and, and models. So I just wanted to say there is a need to apply, you know, modern data practices and not just what people think about data in terms mm. of data science, but also, you know, creating rich um, metadata libraries and, and, and catalogs to help um, the, the preparation process in order to feed the training, you know, create the best training data for the models. And then of course, on the back end of the models, um, there are other things that, you know, we are of course ourselves looking into like knowledge grafting, um, you know, as input, but also as outputs to getting the outputs from models and putting them into knowledge graphs to be able to come up with much more insightful information, you know, um, as like almost like a person at the table, <laughs> you know, in the discussion when, when, when corporations and organizations are making decisions. So um, that's definitely a really cool area. Um, another cool area, I'm going to just switch gears away from health and go into, let's say, city. So if you think about smart city and smart mm -hmm. district, I mean, we, of course, are, you know, in a region where you have, um, well, you wouldn't know this, but we have um, governments um, or, or we have private, but also government uh, large real estate owners. Mm. So here in Abu Dhabi, the big real estate owner owned by the, the Sheikh is Aldar. In Dubai, it's Imar. Mm. And these are humongous real estate developers. So everywhere you look around here, there's a crane, okay? <laughs> Um, <laughs> to put up I, I, I can I can attest to that. I was there like uh, literally last year, and then yes. Imar in Dubai was like Imar. Boom. Yeah, yeah, boom! It's in your face, right? Your face. <laughs> it's just boom! It's like what happened? And there was no building there before. Anyway, so but Aldar is doing their best here in in Abu Dhabi, and they're really they're just building Abu Dhabi. So my my point is, if you are a large, um, uh, how do you call it, uh, real estate owner, um, mm -hmm. you have a district or or you might be a municipality or a city or whatever, and you need to take care of an area. Um, so you need these smart solutions um, and not just looking at them in isolation. So, you know, part of smart would be smart security, you know, smart building, uh, smart living, all these various different types of smart domains. What we want to do is we want to pull all of that pool, all of that together to help the owners operationally, you know, stay on top of things, um, but be able to actually answer natural language questions mm. about you know, the operations, not just for a crisis situation, like, you know, there's been some, I don't know, I don't want to say anything crazy here, but something negative that could happen <laughs> in a district. Right, right. Uh, we're not going to say that. We're not going to bring that into our universe, okay? Right, right. <laughs> no, we're let's, not going to go there. Let's say COVID, just for a hack of very Yeah, let's say a COVID kind of thing. And then, um, and then um, you know, we might want to go and delve into I don't want to say systems. We want to delve and say, ask questions and get the data to show us back, you know, real natural language answers, mm -hmm. okay. which is possible. And that's the direction we at uh, an edXN are going in. Um, but also, if you look at the market, there is some there are some elements of the market that are really turned on and they really want to be kept cutting edge. But there are many aspects of the market that don't realize the 
the potential and the possibility of the of speaking the language of data. Yeah. So so I just wanted to bring that in there that um, what we want to do is we want to make sure that we bring up the level. So we're not just looking at bits and bytes in a relational database kind of thing. We want to bring up the the linguistic level to you know rich linked data. Um, we want to be able to answer those really crucial questions that any normal organization would have and be able to do it, you know, at a drop of a hat, um, you know, in terms of the speed and the, the, the relevance as well of that data. So on both sides from, you know, um, I'll give another example here in Abu Dhabi, uh, the police force, if you see, yeah. if you see the ranking, it's one of the safest cities in the world. It's a huge police force because Abu Dhabi is not just the city, it's also the, the emirate of Abu Dhabi that reaches up to KSA, which is um, the Kingdom of Saudi. It's mm -hmm. a huge area. And, um, you know, people regularly leave their car on with the air conditioning and their purse on the on the on the the chair and walk into their house and do something and come back and it's fine it's yeah. safe you know <laughs> so so i just wanted to give you the understanding that you know the police um, definitely want to keep this region safe. And in order to do that, they also have to do everything, um, you know, bring out all the ammunition, including the data ammunition. So data um, for all the government entities uh, in the Abu Dhabi, but also all the other, all the other uh, emirates, uh, data is very important. So the governments have moved now from the, the typical, you know, open and shared data focus from a couple of years ago till sw the pendulum swinging to, oh, we want to do everything AI. And oh yeah, we also got to get our governance under control. And they're kind of, you know, they're moving, they're moving into more full-fledged data management. That's my point. Okay. So that's, that's a good thing. That's a great thing, actually. I mean, you touched upon so many aspects about the data management. You, you talked about the metadata management. Yeah. You talked about the governance aspect of it. So the mm -hmm. other thing you also talked about, I mean, without mentioning it, but the data literacy aspect of it, right? Yes. So if I, yes. if I look at this, um, to do any of these ambitious projects, whether it's AI, you already alluded to it, uh, is that the data preparation is a big, big task, right? It's huge. It's yeah. a huge task. And then many times uh, when you're doing such a huge transformation, for people to understand that just classifying the data, labeling the data is very important and critical, mm -hmm. uh, but many people don't understand it. Like, so yeah. why are you asking me to, you know, I, I have the data here, so go take it, right? So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but what I mean, is it? <laughs> what do you want? Why do I have to say this is a, this kind of a data, that kind of a data, label it, classify it? So, Althea, the question to you is mm -hmm. having been here for a year, right? A newbie. Yeah. And then oh, having here. been in other areas for the rest of your life, what's yeah. the level of data literacy uh, that you're, oh. seeing, you're seeing here? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, whatever the level, whatever the maturity that is, so right. is it increasing or is there a need to improve? What are your thoughts on the data literacy aspects in the region that you're yeah. operating in? Yeah. So I would say uh, the data literacy is um, it, it's definitely nowhere as high 
as the ambition. Mm. And that's okay, because as long as you're committed, you can get there. But you do need to realize, hey, I, I don't know, or I know that I don't know. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to say. I know that I don't know. And maybe I need to gather some people around <laughs> to get us collectively in the know yeah. and educate our youth and educate our workforce, our knowledge workers, because these people need to have at least some kind of minimal data literacy data appreciation just to do their job which is not the truth for let's say 15 years ago right but it is now and it's not just a technology thing it is really a data literacy so to be fair to the people in this region um the whole data movement you know the whole up up and coming developments of data it happened primarily in the states in the UK, in sorry, in in Europe, in Australia, for example, or Canada, it happened in those regions of the world in terms of you know the best and brightest minds when it came to being data gurus in any area of data. So I always say, like a good friend of mine, Dr. Peter Aiken, always says, you know, accounting has four or five thousand years up on most of the professions, and he's right. You know, it's been out there forever. Nobody would question, you know, the literacy of a finance person because there's accredited and everybody, you know, everything's perfect. It's totally yeah. structured. When it comes to IT, it, it's what, 50, maybe 60 years. When it comes to data, it might be 25 years. And effectively, maybe the last 10 to 15 people were getting taken seriously. Yeah. And if you just look at the measures of the, the, uh, the data leaders, you know, with the CDO population, it went from like zero to 4,000 in a couple of years of that last 25 years. So if you're not in the hot spot here in the GCC and in UAE, how could you ever be expected to be like at the top of your game when you're just starting your journey. So yes, we have data leadership down here. We have data practitioners, but in no shape or form are they collectively at the level of, let's say uh, my, my former colleagues in, let's say in Europe or uh, former colleagues um, in, in the States or even Australia, because that population, you know, you feed each other when you're practicing and you're leading and you're exchanging a lot of knowledge and information and we are in the knowledge business. So it's, you you get your certifications and you get your education and you do the work and you get your experience and guess what? You get your wisdom and you, you just keep on moving, you know, in a certain trajectory. And that needs to happen much more here you know, we need to have a more community here. We need to have people getting educated, um, formally educated who are part of data teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it shouldn't be so technology-based only. Technology is an element, but it's absolutely not the only thing. And when I see data people here, there's a lot of them coming from technology, which we know from the other parts of the world. Correct. So to answer your question, there is a huge gap but that Delta, knowing these people, they're going to make it up as quickly as possible. Once they get it, 
Um, I think, you know, and, and I'm very much um, part of that movement on data education and getting it into formal education and getting it into corporations, both government and, and private, um, to take this on and not keep it in, you know, Peggy, you know, the way of, uh, oh, data governance, it's all gray and, and stuffy and old. Nay, let's bring communities in. Let's have people excited. I, I love Alation's uh, concept of like, you know, the data rock stars, you know, they're not a data steward. They're not even in the data team, but because they're such, they're so turned on about their data and how it's helping them with their work, you know, they're coming in and they're getting awards because they're communicating about the data. So I, I'm very much about, you know, modernizing and making a data crowd in an organization and not making everybody a bunch of data nerds or something. No, there's a there's room for everybody in the data space. So I'm, I'm hoping to inspire that here in the UAE. And I'm part of the uh, International Society for Chief Data Officers. Um, I'm an ambassador for the UAE. So as part of uh, Dr. Richard Wang's group, I'm very much into creating a community and data leaders in the region and also in, in Africa. And I'm also helping my friends in Europe with that. So yeah, hope I answered your question. Oh, great, yeah, you did. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard today, and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player like iTunes and Spotify. And please do rate our podcast. Also, please go to our website, www.datatransformerspodcast.com for more episodes, blogs, and information on our speakers. Thank you. <laughs>